Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dream Collective podcast. I'm so excited to introduce you to Britt Olson. She is our magical guest for today. She is a leader in holistic and intuitive wellness, a certified health coach through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, founder of Ambu, host of the Loving Your Own Soul podcast, and a Reiki level one and two practitioner always carrying a passion for encouraging others to step into their own true potential. Britt utilizes the concept of bio-individuality as her guiding principle to help others embrace the fact that there is no one size fits all approach to wellness or life. so excited to have you here, Britt. Welcome, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Holly. I'm so, so excited. <clears throat> so grateful just to be here and share space with you and your energy today. Uh, thank you. For those of you who don't know, Britt had me on her podcast, um, Loving Your Own Soul, and that's how we connected. And immediately I was like, when I start my podcast, I need to have you on mine because I just love your energy. Aww. And I want to share it with people who are connected in with me. So <laughs> likewise, yeah, uh, totally. <laughs> so super grateful you're here and really wanted to talk about, um, spirituality and food and how we can use food as a tool for spiritual awakening, or just, you know, how it can be an aid for us on our spiritual path. Um, but before we get there, did you want to perhaps, um, share a little bit about your story from like how you got to where you are today. Yeah, 100%. I love this topic. I definitely live and breathe it daily. So I'm super excited just to jump into all things, food, wellness, spirituality. But for myself, I'm a certified health coach, spiritual life coach, podcast host, as you stated, and really just a big advocate of helping others understand that there's not, there's no one size fits all approach to life, to wellness, to health, to career. I mean, really we can go down any bracket that you want to and helping everyone just really understand and uncover their own uniqueness and help them develop their own unique approach to life or refine it, reconnect back with yourself, reconnect back with your soul. And I really stepped into this line of work through my own journey, the journey through life, the journey of hitting burnout a couple times in the corporate world. Not that there's anything wrong with the corporate world. Just for me personally, it was a very pivotal piece of my own journey, understanding digestive distress and healing from chronic and cystic acne and like I said, having digestive disorders to being so disconnected with myself. I couldn't even answer the question, what do you like to do for fun at one point in my life to really then just leaning in and going through this whole soul remembrance, as I'll call it, of connecting back in to my intuition, understanding these different principles and healing properties of the earth and what they do for us physically, mentally, spiritually, all realms going through my own spiritual awakening in the process, my now 
husband who was my boyfriend at the time. Um, it's actually four years ago to date of when we're recording this podcast, I just realized, which is really funny of not funny, but when he got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and chronic illness. So we went through that whole journey, understanding my opinion of really just the, the crucial blend of honoring both Western and Eastern medicine practices, looking at again, nutrition and how that affects the body and how it really just affects our entire life and the things that we're consuming, whether you're looking at how you consume food, how you're consuming social media, consuming your relationships, just all things. I mean, everything is truly affected. And, you know, we say energy is everything and understanding the energetics of everything, but yeah, it's just life. Life can be so fun and so exciting if you allow it to be. It's just sometimes we can get a little lost along the way. So that's really, really kind of the premise of my work and who I am. And I'm also still figuring figuring things out on a daily basis. You know, I joke that I'm a recovering perfectionist, but it's also just kind of taking the pressure off and understanding that like your soul is here to experience what he or she came to experience and trying to kind of just release some of those pressures that I know can be so easy to get caught up in. Yeah. Now what really stood out from what you said, um, thank you for sharing all that, by the way, is, you know, this, this concept of like consuming and, you know, we consume food every day, yet we don't really think about it, you know, and I've really been reflecting this in my own life personally. And I've had like this food journey and I've gone through, you know, like, oh, I should be eating this. I shouldn't be eating this. I should try this diet. I should be avoiding this. I should eat more of this. And I'm starting to realize that I really wasn't listening to my body. And now it's like, I need to go back and be, and and ask myself and like reconnect with this idea that you just brought up about like, you know, like kind of mindfully consuming and intentionally consuming and, you know, how, how did you like, like, where did you start when you realized that you weren't like aware, consciously consuming what you, you wanted to, like what your body was feeding you? Like, how did you kind of make that shift and and move forward? Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because one piece I did forget to mention is I have struggled with disordered eating throughout a large portion of my life, not a specific eating disorder, but definitely highly disordered eating. And gosh, when did I discover it? So it's definitely a piece of my spiritual journey, my spiritual awakening, but basically it was one of those things where I was just so frustrated and so out of alignment that I was like, there has to be another way. I was also feeling so controlled by food and I was allowing food to control me. I was also choosing to have food control my life. And it was kind of this pivotal place of, okay, let's see how long I can go without eating. And then let's see how much can I eat in a day or back when I was working in corporate events, okay, I can go four or five days, basically surviving off of adrenaline and coffee and different substances and things like that to then getting home. And my whole body's so famished. It was like, okay, now 
I need to eat all of this food. And then within that point as well, being so busy and not paying attention to what I'm eating and really just like, excuse me, and really just shoveling food in my mouth for the purpose of putting food in my mouth, not really looking at the food on my plate or taking great pride in what I'm cooking and really soaking in the flavors of that food. And it was just such a mindless activity on top of the emotions and things that I was trying to stuff down. Like a lot of our relationships with food, it's all emotional. So it really took me just hitting a wall and saying, okay, there has to be a different way. And I tuned inward. I started asking the universe and my guides for some signs and things like that. And sure enough, what fell into my lap initially was the medical medium and Anthony Williams with all of his guidance around food. And I'll never forget the second I heard of him. I can't remember how I heard of him. It might've been from like Instagram or something like that. And then immediately purchased one of his books. And just the first time reading his information was like the soul remembering the soul download of what these foods that our earth makes for us, what they can potentially do for our bodies. Now, I also believe that because we are all so unique, while certain foods have like all-encompassing benefits for us, they can also have their own individual benefits for us as well. So really leaning in and trying to communicate with and understand what properties of a food may have for you. And then the journey really just kind of took off from there. And I started playing with food. I started seeing the way that food could support my body when used intentionally. I started understanding, okay, what is all this inflammation inside of me? And as I really started going through the process, it was like the layers just started unpeeling themselves and my whole life truly shifted from the inside out. Wow. Wow. I love Anthony Williams as well. Medical medium. Um, that's really cool. That's really cool that it was such a catalyst for you to become more conscious of your foods. I wish I could say that (laughs) for me too, but I feel like, I feel like I'm starting that process now. Cause like, I've just been so physically uncomfortable in my body where I'm just like, okay, I need to like address this. And so, yeah, yeah. That's, that's really interesting. Um, it's interesting how the body also like immediately starts to respond as well. Cause again, intention, you know, whenever we go forward with life with intention, everything kind of reciprocates itself. But I find that the body is almost like, Oh, okay. Thank you. My turn, like pay attention to me now. Yeah. So do you talk to your food or like set intentions with every meal? Like what can you share about that process? Yeah, absolutely. So in an ideal world, I would set intentions with every meal. However, as much as I live and breathe this, I'm still human myself. And we still have those long days, long nights where, you know, things are not completely in sync, so to say. However, on the regular, I do set intentions with my food. One of the things that I love doing is looking at understanding the chakra system 
And then intuitively feeling what foods do I feel are benefiting certain parts of my body and how can they aid me at that time? Like with our root chakra, really grounding and stabilizing foods as we are here now moving into fall. I really love a lot of those grounding foods, the root vegetables. You can of course go by color, which definitely works if that feels good to you. You can also really lean into the energy of a food like cacao is a wonderful heart opener. I also find cacao to be super grounding and stabilizing. When we're looking at like our sacral with our creative energy, I really love citrus fruits as it pertains to grapefruit and oranges and peaches and so many different things. So one of the ways is really looking at the chakra system and kind of being intentional there. I've also learned that with my body from a digestive standpoint, you can kind of look at the body the way that you would, as it pertains to eating food, the way that you would with exercise and working out when you're going to go move your body, you'll stretch your walk, you'll jog, you'll run, you'll sprint. Same thing with food as we move throughout our days. So first thing upon waking, I love to cleanse my body with warm lemon water. First thing in the morning, if warm lemon water doesn't work for you, drink it cold. Again, find a method that works for you. There's really no rules. And then really starting with an easily digestible food, such as a smoothie or fresh fruit first thing, and then really working upwards from there, I found has been super supportive really across the board for the body. And then when you start off with that good foundation first thing, the rest of your day really follows sync. So I also love, again, yeah, setting that intention with my food. Like, am I struggling with some bloat or inflammation and I'm looking for this food to come in and cleanse me and detoxify me? Am I struggling with my throat? Am I looking for it's, you know, late afternoon and I need some creative energy that can come in? We as humans, we have sugar cravings all sugar isn't bad. Like fruit sugar is so good for us. It just depends what type of sugar. So I always encourage everyone, don't be scared of sugar as long as it's coming from these real whole food sources from the earth. Mm, Yeah. I like how you approach it as like working out and how it's like kind of building up throughout your day or whatever activity um, you might be working on and how you tie it back into the chakra system. I don't think I've ever heard of somebody doing that before. And I have Mm. so many questions about that. (laughs) So like, first off, um, when you're tying it into the chakras, do you kind of tune into your body and ask like what chakra feels like out of alignment or what needs more opening or to be like nourished right now? And that's kind of how you might decide what you want to eat. 100%. So what I'll do to tune into my body is I will do close my eyes, take a couple deep breaths, come into center. And then I really just run an energetic scan throughout my seven chakras of my body along my body, just moving up and down. And I really just feel into whether I'm feeling something light up or one stands out to me, or suddenly I get a download that's like solar plexus, which is the stomach region, I then really do my best to trust that and follow suit 
within that. Again, with your chakras, the easiest way to get started with eating for them is to really follow the color of the foods. Food is so colorful. We can really follow that. But then in that process, intuitively, if say, like I mentioned citrus fruits, like an orange to me, again, it's also the color orange feels very sacral chakra, womb space, creativity. If an orange for you feels more cleansing for the throat chakra area, perfect. Like trust that, like that's innate messages from your own body. One other thing that I will also do too, if I have again, more time is I will actually hold a food, like we'll say an orange for reference, hold an, hold an orange and then ask my body, is this something we want right now? Is this going to feel supportive to you? Will this help heal X symptom or whatever it is that you're working with? Or is this just something that, yeah, feels good right now? And then I'll actually kind of use my body like a pendulum, the way a pendulum has a yes swing and a no swing and kind of wait and see if I get that forward motion, that yes for my body, that no for my body has been really helpful to me. And I've actually helped a lot of my clients with that kind of figure out the best way to communicate with you and your body, because our bodies always want to speak with us. Oh yeah. That's so interesting. Okay. Okay. So starting with like the chakra colors and lining that up to food is a helpful tip, but then, like you said, listening to, you know, intuitively what feels right for you and that chakra at that time. Um, so what about when we go to a restaurant and there's like so many options and, you know, a meal isn't just like a few things. It's like, several different things intermingling on your plate at the same time. Like how do you kind of navigate those, those situations where there's so many options and then also cravings start to kick in and you're like, Oh, I know I should have something healthy, quote unquote healthy, but I want whatever fries or something. Right. Yes, absolutely. Love talking about this. So (laughs) as it pertains to a menu we'll start out with that has a lot of different options. Number one is I kind of look at, okay, where am I in the day? What do I have coming up for the rest of the day? For instance, mostly like if it's around lunchtime and things like that, typically I need to have energy for the remainder of the day. I really don't want to choose foods that are going to make me feel sluggish. Now, some of this also has to be trial and error as well, but typically eating some lighter foods, making sure I have a healthy balance of, of course, vegetables, healthy carbohydrates, healthy fats, a little bit of protein and things like that in there really kind of being, this is where like the intentional piece comes in. What, what will help fuel my body for the rest of the day that she's got going on. On the other side of that, as we're talking about intuition, when we're looking at a menu, if you look at a menu and just kind of, again, be mindful, take a couple deep breaths, try to quiet the mind and just see if anything is kind of jumping out to you off of that menu it can also be a really fun way to kind of like play around because that's often, again, your intuition speaking to you that there's something from that food that you need. Now, there's also a lot of joy that comes with food. So I never want to dilute the ritual of food and the 
just like magnetism of food and all the different flavors and different chefs and their art and their cuisines, which sometimes are not always the healthiest options for us. But when our body is in a place of receiving and we're feeling relaxed and we're enjoying life, we can actually better digest those foods compared to when we're eating in a high stress, uncomfortable environment. So if I'm going back and forth from meetings all day and I'm just like running at 110%, eating that burger with French fries is going to be a lot harder for my body to digest compared to if I'm on vacation, when I'm feeling relaxed, I'm not worried, I'm not going all over the place, then my body can actually focus on better digesting that type of food, a heavier type food. Now, with a craving, however, to get to that intuitive point, because you can say, oh, my intuition wants me to eat donuts all the time or whatever <laughs> it is. <laughs> totally get it. We've all been there with cravings. So there's a couple ways to look at cravings, but one of the things that I really like to do is I call it a craving for a craving. So as an example, whenever we start craving a food, kind of asking yourself, am I actually craving this food or is this an emotional response to what's taken place in that moment earlier that day, et cetera. Like if you're say, home alone on a Saturday night, you're without your partner feeling single or lonely or whatever it is. And suddenly you get a craving for chocolate chip cookies. And you're like, I have to have chocolate chip cookies. That would be where I would then kind of start looking back throughout your life. Okay. When did I first have a chocolate chip cookie? Can you try to backtrack a little bit and then discover, oh, that first chocolate chip cookie was had in middle school in the cafeteria when I was feeling left out from a group of friends, people I wanted to be friends with. So therefore I emotionally went for that chocolate chip cookie as comfort really here on this Saturday night, 20 years later, I'm just seeking love and connection. I'm not actually seeking the chocolate chip cookie, if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah. yeah that makes a, couple a lot ways. of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And that's like, that's I think that's really tough. I feel like I would have to do that with every single food that I eat, you know? 100%. And yeah. often you have to, it's definitely, again, kind of circling back to that root of it as we'll call it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what, like, have you had, or what has been maybe one of your biggest like food ahas, like spiritual ahas, like kind of biggest insights that food has from reflecting on food and being intentional with your food like this, what kind of ahas have you had that have like helped you on your path to spiritual awakening? Yeah. So one of the biggest ones for me is understanding the innate intelligence of our bodies paired with the simplicity of food and food in its most natural, real whole food form. Now that doesn't mean you have to eat food raw. You can also eat cooked food and things like that. I love cold foods, warm foods, everything like that, but really understanding that when we're filling our bodies with the most natural ingredients and foods, non-GMO, all the things, our body knows what to do with it. And our body knows how to digest it, how to absorb 
what nutrients, what vitamins, send it where it needs. Like our bodies are so, so smart when we put them in the right environment to be really smart. One of my biggest ahas, I think, is probably that we can survive off of just plants and that we don't really need some of us, depending upon, again, we're all individual, but we can actually really survive with not needing as much animal protein as we currently eat here sitting in the present moment. I mean, I even like to look back at our ancestors all the way back where we were gatherers of the earth and we would primarily eat foods that we could gather from the earth. And then sure, at one point in time, the community or our tribe, whatever it is, would make a killing or there would be an animal who died. And then we then, you know, in sacrifice or whatever it is, we then consume the meat off of that animal, but we only had that animal meat for a certain amount of time. We didn't have it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Mm -hmm. And a lot of animal protein is also really highly inflammatory as well. That doesn't mean that animal protein is bad. I myself personally kind of eat plant-based at like an 80, 20. I really intuitively select when I feel like eating an animal protein feels like a hell yes, then I go for it. But I really thrive. And I've also seen from a spiritual aspect when I cleared out a lot of that inflammation from my body, and it's not just from animal protein, dairy is another one, again, kind of animal products, like dairy is highly inflammatory. Gluten doesn't work for me. That's just my body. I actually have an intolerance to it as I found out. But as I started really clearing out my vessel, spiritually, everything started connecting at the same time. And that was just this like aha moment that we live really bogged down lives. And I've also, you know, we talked about consuming earlier, like trying to limit technology, limit these other things that again, are like just bogging down my system so much that then I can't connect as closely to my intuition, to my spirit guides and just all things combined. Mm -hmm. I like that. I was going to ask you if you're like vegan or vegetarian. So I'm glad you kind of brought that up. Um, because I know in the spiritual community, there seems to be a lot of people who are like, you know, really pushing like the vegan, primarily vegan, not even just vegetarian, but like full on vegan. And I've tried that diet. And for God, when did it start? I think it was like in 2009, I was like, Oh, I, I can't eat meat. I I'm going to like try and become a vegan or vegetarian. So I started just being a pescatarian. So only eating fish, but still eating some dairy. And I feel like that journey for me actually did my body more disservice, <laughs> Yep. you know, and, and like now it's like what, 11 years later. And I'm, I'm realizing how I ate before 2009 was actually how I should be eating. And, you know, I would have like, I'm, I'm a meat eater. I I've, like I said, I tried the veg and, uh, vegetarian and vegan thing. And I do find that like, I crave, um, red meat and I feel like more energized after red meat, but to your point, like I don't need to eat it as much as I do. Like I probably eat too much meat. Um, just like 
totally being honest and transparent. I, I, I do eat meat. And um, yeah, so I totally agree that we need to like definitely cut back, but like listen to our body and our, and, and also it's really challenging because the way society is set up, it's like meat in every meal, dairy or eggs or, you know, animal products in every meal. And we really don't need that. But I think, yeah, it's like understanding that healthy balance for yourself. And yeah, everybody's different. And that's what I really struggled with is like, you know, we we're taught everybody's different and our body needs its own thing, but then you should eat like this. <laughs> exactly. Then we try to like box ourselves into this one way. And even like this spiritual and wellness community, I'll call it like, there's so many labels out there that to be spiritual or be intuitive, you have to be vegan or plant-based and like, it's so not true. I know I have a friend kind of like you, where she really meet like works for her. And mm-hmm. I just feel like there should be no shame. Number one, we should never be judging someone for the foods that they're eating is like first and foremost, what someone is choosing to eat is their own decision per their bodies. And there's no one way to do it. Like, yes, there are foods that are a little more highly inflammatory. So sometimes, and that's where even like going through detoxes or looking at things and understanding. And when I say detox, I don't mean a juice cleanse. I mean, still actually eating real whole (laughs) foods can be so beneficial to just change it up and like adding diversity to like, you never want your body to get bored. So keep adding diversity into your diet. Like when you go to the grocery store, the farmer's market, and you see something that you've never cooked with before, pick it up, like grab one new thing. And then again, the power of Google, Google, how to cook it, Google, what to pair with it and just try different things. And you'll see your body will in return, basically just kind of like reciprocate the favor back to you. But yeah, whatever works for you and your body, highly encourage you to stick with that, but also know that you can change it up. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of go back to that, like craving on a craving thing that you were talking about. So what kind of suggestions do you have for somebody who might take that practice and be like, okay, I really want this, this chocolate chip cookie. Um, but what is that about? And then they discover like, okay, this actually has to do with, you know, wanting to fit in, to this crowd at school when I was a kid. And that's, that's ultimately what I want now is just like feeling connected and loved and a part of community, perhaps, you know, or whatever that, that craving is actually telling them what, once they discover, okay, that's what this is, the underlying thing, the underlying craving that's driving this craving for the cookie. What do, what do they do with that? Yeah. So number one, whenever we've are discovering things about ourselves. You never want to leave ourselves with like a void. So it's like, oh, okay. I don't actually want the cookie. This is an emotional response to something that happened however long ago. What can you replace the cookie with that is going to fill that need for self-love or community or connection in a healthier way? So, you know, really go back to those tools of 
do you have a self-love practice? Are there ways that you find connection with yourself? Can you even just connect to your breath for five minutes? Like the breath is totally free. It's inside of us at any point in time, or is it just like an anxiety spiral that you just need to come back to center with? So go back to those tools, find ways that you can really, again, kind of replace that craving with something more beneficial to yourself. Now, if this is a more severe craving, I'll call it for lack of a better word, where that box of cookies in your cabinet does not stand a chance against you. You can't have just one. You can only eat the whole thing. And it's basically holding control over you. Again, binge eating and overeating is something that majority deal with and majority is not talking about. So number one, no shame, hold compassion for yourself. But inner child healing is something that I love to do through a meditative experience of really taking yourself back to that time and place where this craving started happening, this emotional displace and really healing, going through and going through all the different healing modalities, healing that inner child, working with your inner child, holding her, understanding what she needs journaling is another great one self-reflection to really start uncovering our relationship with food connect with yourself on a daily basis in your journal if not three times a day ask yourself how are you doing how are you feeling what emotions are coming up you might even start noticing you get off of a stressful call for work and immediately head to the fridge or the pantry and really just start bringing awareness to all these areas of your life. And once you have that awareness, then you can start taking intentional action, but know that you don't have to change everything overnight and it's going to take time and just take the time that you need. I believe that time does not exist, especially in this realm that we're speaking. Hmm. Yeah. Some really great suggestions there. I also just like the simple one that you offered with just, you know, connecting with your breath being like, what is this about? And kind of feeling into that inner child that is calling out for whatever it might be for the individual at the time and seeing if you can satisfy that in another way. And then perhaps like going back and being like, do I really want this chocolate chip cookie right now? <laughs> Totally. And it's crazy. You'll often find that you really don't want it, that it's just a response. Another Mm -hmm. thing too, you know, whenever we have certain comfort foods or typically warm foods, seeking warmth as a method of comfort is a very natural, just piece of us being human. So a warm cup of tea or a warm bath can also do Mm. a lot of good for you. That's a good suggestion. I find like in the winter, I always want warmer foods and in the summer, then I'll be like, okay, I can have a salad, but I can't really do salads in the winter. (laughs) Totally. Yes. And that is one of those like innate seasonal responses that you have. So again, really following that. I love seasonal eating as well. It's just, Mm -hmm. yeah. Following the seasons are again, we're like, we're cyclical beings. We follow the cycles. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point too, is, um, how food can like bring us back to earth and bring us back to the connection of earth by eating seasonally or eating locally. Like what is growing around me in my community now, um, that 
that we're meant to, to consume. Yes. One of the things I've loved doing, because sometimes it can be hard to possibly eat locally, depending upon what food sources are available to you. It can be a little confusing Mm -hmm. of like, is this in season or is it not? But teaming up with a local farm share through CSA, which I think stands for community supported agriculture. I've got that right. Um, But a local farm share where you can actually team up with a local farmer, you pay them almost like a membership fee ahead of time, and then they grow your food and you get to go pick up your share on a weekly or biweekly basis. And it's all in season per what's able to grow in your area. And you also just develop a relationship with the farmer who's growing your food with love and intention. And it's kind of this whole full circle approach that I've found that I've just gotten so much joy out of. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. I feel like I've been doing that more in my life too, just eating more locally. Um, and it does feel more connecting to like where I'm living. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. It almost connects you that much deeper to your local roots and the specific geographical location you're in Mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's really helpful with food too and how it can aid us on our journey. Yes, absolutely. And food is so important. Food is definitely nothing to be fearful of. And I also believe that there are no bad foods either. It just, yeah, there's no such thing as a bad food. That's really good to know because I feel like personally, and like, like I said, I'm just like kind of starting on this food journey to being more intentional. Um, but one thing that I'm finding I need to do is like be way more kind to myself when it comes to like food, because I, I like judge myself a lot about like, cause I love burgers and fries, like give me all the fatty, salty carbs and like, <laughs> you know, um, and so like I judge myself and I judge the food and then that itself I guess probably creates like a negative energy and relationship to that experience, which then, you know, if if everything is energy and we're consuming that energy in a lower vibrational state, then as it's moving through my body, it's probably doing that as well. One, what are your thoughts on that? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up. So with that judgment or shame or calling, you know, some food, like this food is not good for me. I know this isn't good for me, but I'm going to eat it anyway. We're communicating to our bodies that this is a food that's not supportive to us. So therefore the body again, cannot properly digest it and move through the food. If it's something that you innately are like, I love burgers and French fries. Perfect. When you go to eat them, carry in that same energy and share that response of like, I love this. So I'm actively choosing to eat this food. If maybe you see that you have bloat or, you know, some digestive distress after the fact, like following a heavier meal is I'll call it with a warm cup of peppermint tea can also work wonders for you too. But again, just owning the fact that like, I love this food compared to that judgment because energy is everything. And same thing. If you're someone listening who you're forcing yourself to eat kale, but you absolutely hate kale, don't eat it because your body is not, you're telling your body, you don't like this. And we should never force ourselves to like, to try to force ourselves to eat something that 
we don't like. So that communication is so key. And again, that goes back to the intentionality with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that's really something that's been not helpful that I've done in my life is like eating these foods that I really like burgers really bring me joy and like yeah. carbs bring me joy. But then we live in a world where it's like, don't eat burgers, don't eat gluten. And so somewhere along the line, I've developed this idea from society that I shouldn't have carbs that are like glutinous carbs and I shouldn't have burgers and fats and all that kind of stuff. And so it's like, I've created that negative relationship and it's really challenging to like, like now I'm supposed to just like eat food that I feel joy, like that bring me joy. Like what, what foods are like joyful for me. And I'm finding like, it's really relevant in my, in my life right now. It's like, oh, I really want to eat that. But I'm like noticing (laughs) how this programming has really impacted my life and just like my diet now, or sorry, like just my body. Oh my gosh, totally. Mm -hmm. And something I want to make note of there as females, as anyone, but you know, we're speaking females here, you and I together, Mm -hmm. carbohydrates are so good for the female body. I cannot tell you how many women have restricted themselves from carbs throughout their life, possibly lost their menstrual cycle or had other health implications. And the second they bring back carbs, their body starts thriving again. Carbs are not the enemy by any means. Yes. We want to have certain amounts of healthy carbohydrates and, you know, white refined processed flours that who even knows how natural of a grain it really is at that point. Yes. There are certain things that we do want to look out for. Again, our bodies thrive off of natural foods and things like that, but carbs are not the enemy by any means. And we always have a choice. So we can, you know, there's two sides to every coin. We can look at a food and say, this is a bad food. We can also flip the coin over and say that this is a good food that I'm going to give myself permission and choice to consume right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, and just like, like you said, this whole time is like bringing it back to you, the individual and like, what do you need? And like cutting out all that noise from everybody else and society and what you're supposed to be eating and just like, no, listen to the intuition of your own body. But it's hard though. Like even just start (laughs) with one meal or one day a week and work upwards from there because there is Mm -hmm. so much noise out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so do you work like one-on-one with people to help them with nutrition and diet and kind of work through, you know, this, this internal dialogue (laughs) that we each have with food? Yes, I do. So I work with one-on-one private coaching in three-month containers with my clients. I also have a nine-week self-paced program called Life in Balance that is really kind of a sampling of my longer three-month program. Again, if you're someone who you love the self-paced work with more of the modules and taking your own notes, it comes with meal plans, everything like that to get started. Life in Balance is a phenomenal program that I truly birthed from my heart. I'm actually in process of revamping it a little bit right now. So in early October, the 
Life and Balance 2.0, I'll call it, will be relaunching, but that program is ongoing at any point in time. And yeah, so right now just one-on-one programs and Life and Balance. And I am going to have a couple of group coaching programs coming out here in the future, just because I really love, I've been loving the energy of collaboration. And while I love working one-on-one with individuals, I also just love the way we expand together in our own energy and working with those shared experiences and empowering others and bringing people together and just finding more senses of that connection and community. Mm, I love that. Those programs sound really good. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. They're so fun. Yeah. Yeah. So how can people connect in with you? Yeah, you can connect with me on Instagram at the Brit Olson. And that is Olson, O-L-S-O-N, or my website as well is thebritolson.com. And I have all of my information, all my programs, some free recipes and just some kind of fun stuff up there. And then my podcast as well is called Loving Your Own Soul. Awesome. I will put all those links below um, in, in the description so people can easily find you and connect with you and, um, tune into and tap into your magic that you offer. Uh, so thank you so much for being here. And one final question, uh, before we go, I almost forgot to ask (laughs) is, um, I like to ask this to every guest is if you could give your younger self advice or words of wisdom from, you know, where you are today, what would, what would you share with yourself? Mm. what's coming to heart right now is don't be afraid to experiment and change your mind and I say that in the event that again kind of back to that like society wants to fit us into this one box and for my younger self I think she she was a little misunderstood for wanting to constantly be trying new things and play with life and experiment and change her mind. And I definitely had a point where I had to decondition myself, where I told myself, like, once you make a decision, you have to stick to that. You can't make changes. And just giving yourself that freedom and permission that it's okay to feel, feel like something's a yes one day. And if it becomes a no the next day, you can change it up and you have your whole life ahead of you. So just experiment and have fun. Mm, I love that. That's some good advice. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. I love this conversation and, um, yeah, everybody check out Brit. Oh, thank you, Holly. This was so wonderful. And I've just so been loving your podcast as well. So thank you. Oh, thanks. Thank you everyone for tuning in and listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Britt as much as I did. I know I got some really valuable tools that I'm going to start implementing next time I eat something and yeah, I hope you do as well. So thanks again. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast, share this podcast if it resonates and you feel like others would benefit from listening to this too. And also if you could leave a review, that would be awesome. As you know, it's a newer podcast. So if you could leave that review, If you feel called, that would be so great. And I would be eternally grateful for that. So thank you so much for joining and have a beautiful day. 